Who never do for do? Yeah, wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Boom. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch. Thanks for being here in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, I'm really excited to bring you a hot, fresh new episode with one of the finest comedians that you're going to find, Mr. Dante Powell. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for being here with me over Zoom. Um, it's not ideal, but it is pretty cool to see your face and, and be able to connect. Yeah, I need to get better lighting in my kitchen, but I'm I'm here. I'm visible. <laughs> what else? Yeah, that's that's pretty good, right? Um, first yeah. of all, how are you doing during this you know pandemic, the shutdown, social distancing, like? How's it, how are you doing? I'm great, actually. I've been selling a lot of stock. Uh, I bought a bunch of masks and Lysol. I've been selling that. So financially, I'm killing it. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just hanging in here. I'm not really, uh, I'm not, I'm pretty balanced emotionally. Like I've, I've done a lot of therapy. So I just always recognize that it's not ever nearly as bad or as good as it seems when it comes to life. So I'm just trying to hold that together during all of this as well. That is super woke of you. Like, good for you to have such a good, balanced, healthy <laughs> reaction. I'm trying. It's, it gets tough sometimes, you know, because you get bored or whatever. But uh, I've got, I got great friends and family, so I'm not... Like, I, I don't really have anything to complain about. I haven't lost anyone, and people are losing loved ones, and I'm not, so I'm trying to keep the perspective and, you know, recognize that I'm, I'm fortunate in that way despite us all going through the actual pandemic of it together, so. Yeah, wow. Know. That's a good perspective. I, anytime I get too whiny or complaining, I'm like, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah. It could be yeah, worse. It could. Good. Well, Dante, you are a comedian. You are based in Iowa, but I see you all around. For my listeners who may not have met you yet, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and, and, and some of that stuff. Um, okay. Well, I, I, do, I live in Iowa. I live in Des Moines, Iowa right now. And I started comedy here in 2014. I initially moved here from Louisiana in 2012. So I'm originally from Louisiana. I moved to Iowa for one of my exes. Uh, I moved here for her. She dumped me as soon as I got here, but I liked it because it was summer and the weather was nice and it was beautiful. And then the winter came and it was terrible, but I had already committed. So I just, I've been here ever since. Nice. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I started stand up in 2014 and I got, I got really lucky in that it just took off. Like I started and within a year I was making money regularly doing standup. Um, so then like year two or three, I started developing pretty quickly. And I was like, wait, I don't, I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like the biggest fraud in the world. I don't know what's happening. And, uh, and yeah, I, about that point, 
I just decided I would go along for the ride. And as far as it took me, it's as far as I go. And if it worked out great, and if not, I'd had more fun than I could have ever imagined. So, you know, take it and, and go. And that's that's kind of what I did. So it uh it led me to being where I am now. And things are like things are working out. So that's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, it was, so that's that's fantastic. And I didn't realize. I mean, you're would you say you're relatively new then? I still feel new all the time. Yeah. Um, like I started April first, twenty fourteen. So I'm at I'm at just over six years that I've been doing it now, and it's my primary source of income. Wow. It's my like I I've never felt more fulfilled as a person than I do when I'm on stage, like getting to tell jokes and uh, be silly. That is so fantastic. And it just shows you that like that fast start and that kind of it shows you like that's what you were meant to do. You know, that like when things kind of go like that, it's like because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Wow. You know, I never even thought about that. That's interesting. I just always like I've always listened to the people I'm around. And as you know, comics are miserable. (laughs) Yeah. So. Like, when I first started and I was having luck, all the older guys who were, like, four or five years in before me were like, yeah, this isn't going to work. You're, you're going too fast. Like, this isn't – it's not going to be anything. You just got to – you, you don't get to do all the stuff you're getting to do until you've been in for 10 years. And I was like, but they asked me to do it. I'm not going to say no. And they're like, well, that's a mistake. And then I'd go and do it. And it'd be great. <laughs> so <laughs> – you know, you just kind of take it as you go. And I try to make, I try to make good decisions and be as balanced as I can. It's been working out. That's really powerful. (laughs) Um, That's a really (laughs) good point. And one of my friends had told me, uh, she was like, you know, this is, and she's more of a, on the producing producer side of things. And she said, you know, I don't think the old school rules really apply anymore. Like you can, you can do what you want to do with the ability to DIY everything. Like if it's, it's, it's up to you to set your own path and do that path. You don't necessarily need to be, you know, like doing some of these things for 10 years before you can be at a club or you can do this. Like it's really up to you and how hard you want to work and how fast you want to work. Um, yeah. I really, uh, it's funny. Every time I have a podcast or even, I can't remember having a show now. It's been a little while, but <laughs> in the, in the pandemic, like every time I have a comedy conversation, I'm like, just very quickly brought back into it. And I'm like, I want to do a show, <laughs> you know, like, Oh man. Um, so it is really nice to connect with you. Thank you for that. Um, and I was saying too, I was like, I don't really know you. Like we're just friends on Facebook. So it's kind of neat to get to know you and get to know some of these things. Um, I think I'm coming up on five years and nice. yeah, I didn't have like a super fast start like you, but I mean, I, I feel like things have progressed at a nice pace. Um, so I'm happy with that. And I really hear what you say about like, just take those opportunities and try to make good decisions, you know, like, so, yeah. yeah, it's, it's amazing with, uh, like just being a good person and, uh, like being hard working will get you doing comedy. I've been so many places where 
people who have given me advice about things have not been there. And pe- other people that know them have been like, oh, that person isn't here because they're annoying. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me let me make sure I'm not that. And they're like, no, 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 you're fine. You do what you're doing. We invited you here because you're not annoying. Don't overthink it. You're fine. <laughs> then we overthink it and then we get annoying. <laughs> Oh, I feel that. Yeah, because and it's weird because this is like I could be wrong, but this is one of the few activities or professions where it's like, yes, you listen to your peers, but listening, you know, there's other people that might give you a better perspective, like an audience or a booker or a producer. Like the peers aren't necessarily going to give you the best advice unless maybe it's a super veteran or I don't know. Um, That's neat. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like, there are people who have been doing it longer than us that don't know as much as us, unfortunately, because they, they're not working as hard, so they don't get certain opportunities and understand how to work certain things, or because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into comedy that makes it, uh, it's one of the most fair things I've ever been a part of, but it's also incredibly unfair. Yeah. uh, In that... You know, at the end of the day, if you're funny, you're funny. No one's going to be able to stop you. But there's also this, uh, like, when you think about a meritocracy in that way where, like, yeah, the the funny people rise to the top, there are also very unfunny people who rise to the top, too. And it's just because of hard work sometimes. Sometimes it's because of relationships or just whatever it may be. Right place, right time. yeah, it's all of that. So it's, yeah. it's very interesting to see. Uh, very interesting to see people like us and our particular peer group and the people who started with us, like within the last, you know, five years or so, and the people who were just before us and the people who were just before them, and like watching the comedy generations kind of play out. It's, it's been really interesting. Yeah, I think the key really is, and especially with what you just said, is just stay in. Stay in so that, so that like, it's like good things happen. Oh, they need you. They need somebody just like you to open for this headliner. Sometimes some shit happens and you're like, oh, I didn't get picked. But like just staying in long enough for like, oh, that headliner needs a bubbly, half Mexican, annoying, loud girl to open for them. Hey, that's me, you know? Um, And you might not get every opportunity, but just be available for it and ready when the opportunity comes. Yep, just spot. That's also very important. Oh my gosh, we're so smart. We are so good. Yeah, practically <laughs> geniuses, if you ask I me. I know. It's like we're coming <laughs> from the same club. That's fantastic. So, we're going to talk more about comedy, obviously, because it's like all we can talk about as comedy. <laughs> um, of course. But we're also going to talk about wings. Because this is okay. a podcast about wings. And we had to get creative. Um, um, Dante, you went and got wings and ate them prior to this. Tell me about the wings that you got. Where'd you get them from, and what are the flavors? Okay, I got uh, two orders of wings from Wings Restaurant in Norwalk, Iowa. How do you spell that? Uh, that's the N-O-R-W-A-L-K. No, Wins. <laughs> the, the name of the restaurant. I, I knew what you were doing. Uh, W-I-N-N-S. <laughs> <laughs> W-I-N-N-S wins. Yes. Okay, continue. 
All right, so I got uh, I got two orders. I got an order of naked wings and an order of mild buffalo wings. Uh, I'm kind of a weird wing eater. I like sauced wings, but I like them very lightly sauced. So I'm such a dummy that what I'll do is I'll just get an order of whatever sauce I want and then get another separate order of naked wings. Then I throw the naked wings in with the sauced wings and shake it up so that the naked wings absorb the other sauce and then it's perfectly like it's it's not drippy sauce it's like just barely coated wing sauce you're a monster i am what i I can't i don't want my wings dripping oh my gosh he basically said i like to take some mild sauce i like to go put it in the next room close the door and then eat wings in the other room uh, with the mild sauce just kind of in a gently far away place. <laughs> yes, yes, that is spot on. You oh my gosh. much more eloquently than I did, but yes. No, I was trying to give you shit because I'm like, I have never, well, I've heard it, you know, a lot of people like naked wings, they like bare wings, but you just like a little bit of sauce. Do you have a delicate palate or a tender stomach? I'm a delicate person. I'm a delicate boy. That's what <laughs> <laughs> No, I just, I mean, I I don't like drippy stuff. Like, I'm, I try not to be messy. And messy wings, when you, like, the whole hand is wingy, just isn't my thing. Like, I like to be able to, and I got this beard. Okay, I can see, it. it's like a net. It just catches yeah. everything. So I like it when I can just eat the wing and then just dab off what I got. What about, like, a fork and knife? You know, I've eaten wings with a fork and knife. No! You should see the way people look at me. Yeah. They're like throwing things at you, probably. No, that is really cool. That's. So, can I. Some dude got really mad at me about that. Who did? Some dude at at a bar called Wellman's in uh, Des Moines. I was eating wings with a knife and fork. And he was like, did you lose a bet? <laughs> did you lose a bet? <laughs> I was like, nah, man. I just don't want to get my hands messed up. I got these weird fingernails. He was like, well, I, look, I don't normally say this to strangers, but you look stupid doing that. Was he bigger like, hey, than you? What's that? Was he bigger than you? He was not. That's like I, I immediately met him and was like, hey, you know I can fight, right? So don't, like, let's just stop this where we are. You're, he's, he so said, you're brave, sick. dude. Just saying how I felt. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that is so funny. So, is it safe to say you don't dip your wings in like ranch or blue cheese, or do you? No, miss me with that. No. Okay. No, I'm too. I'm too good. I'm drinking Sprite out of a wine glass. Right I was gonna now. say. Okay, so you guys can't see this, but he's got like a tall stem wine glass, and you're drinking Sprite out of it, and he's got his pinky up a little bit. So you're a pretty refined dude. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm working on it. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Okay. So so a couple of wing questions for you. Like, first of all, Wins. Is that a wing place or is it like a pizza place? Like, is it a local place? What do you think about Wins? It's a local pizza and steakhouse place. Mm. So uh, they're one of like four or five places in this small suburb I live in. And uh, I... I don't go that often, but when I do, they, they've always been really good. And so I knew I needed to get wings, and I didn't want them to go bad yeah. between me picking them up and getting them home. 
and I don't know, it was either there or there's actually a gas station chain here called Casey's. Okay. And they make really good pizza, oh. but they have really good wings as well. I, like, if you ever come to Iowa, the locals will make you eat Casey's pizza before they let you eat anything else. <laughs> I had plans to go to Iowa in for Fourth of July, and I, I think it might be getting canceled. But I had a ticket and everything, and that is no, a shame. Come anyway. Some some throw toilet paper at strangers. <laughs> Um, no, that's really cool. And I feel you as a host of a wing podcast. And I think it's just how I was raised or how my mom is. I stress out every time about giving my guests hot in temperature wings to eat and enjoy and, and trying to coordinate that with, you know, either meeting me somewhere, coming to my house or me meeting you somewhere and then picking up wings eating those wings while they're hot, and then let's podcast. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot, and it stresses me out every time. And I'm finding one of my favorite things, ways to do the podcast is to, hey, let's go to a restaurant, let's eat, and that's, let's immediately record. But then that's got all sorts of other implications because there's a lot of background and all that. But um, I want people to eat, like, food as it's intended, you know, like, very quickly after cooking it. So I'm glad you were able to like get it and then eat it. Yeah, that was, I could, the way you were describing how it doesn't sound difficult, but it is, is what led me to wins because I was like, how else do I do this? So uh-huh. I can't imagine what you would go through, like trying to do it even where you are or taking it on the road or whatever it may be because I, I get that thing where you're like, I want it to to feel good the way you're supposed to enjoy food. Yeah, I think there, you know, sometimes I'll go through a lull where I'm like, I don't feel like doing this. But then I do it and I'm like, I'm so glad. Like everybody just feels so good. And we're like, oh, look at us. And, you know, sometimes maybe like bringing my equipment to a festival where I'm not officially doing it, but I'll, you know, do a, a bunch of recordings. It's a pain in the ass to like, pack all this and take it on the road but then I come away with like new friends like 10 new recordings a bunch of contacts and you're like I'm so glad I did that yeah yeah (laughs) I get it that's like advice for life like when you don't feel like doing something like just shut up just do it um I think I as you, to hear that, I think. Well, you're wearing a Nike hat. Like I was like, oh, just do it. Like <laughs> um, that's supposed to remind us. It yeah, it's like just <laughs> shut up and do it. Um, that is awesome. You know, it's funny, you said how you got tricked to kind of into moving to Iowa when it was summertime and it was nice. Like, I think people get tricked into Arizona if they come here not in the summertime and they're like, wow, it's so nice. And then it's like June. They're like, holy shit, it's hot here. Yeah, my best friend from Iowa moved to Phoenix, and it's been rough. Who is that? Uh, his name's Johnny Winstead. He's not comedy adjacent. Okay. He's just a good dude. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, because I think, uh, like, we have Hannah in common. Hannah is our friend. She moved hey. here. Hannah Ty. Who is that? Just I'm some girl. I said that. I know she'll listen. Yeah, Hannah's the best. Just some dumb bitch. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you know what? When we're done, you should text Hannah and be like, hey, 
I got to try Casey's pizza tonight. <laughs> you know what? We're going to call her in a minute, but I don't want to. Um, um, I'd feel bad hanging up on her, so I'll do it towards the end. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She's a doll, and I love her. Um, doesn't Day Peace live in Iowa too? And he's from here. He does. I Day know Peace him. Is a really he's yeah. We have a, a a group of black performers here, and they came in and kind of uh, helped us get all of that rolling. He he lives about two and a half hours north of me, but we still do a lot of stuff together. He comes down to Des Moines. I go up to Mason City, where he's from. And uh, we, yeah, he's the best. I love that. Yeah, he's a great guy. That's so good. Isn't, I love that about comedy is that, like, that's that connection. And just let's say I didn't know you, but we're like, hey, I know Hannah. I know Day. That tells you probably everything you need to know about me. Like, if I'm friends with them, you're like, well, they're good. You must be yeah. good. Same thing, right? <laughs> you're actually like a good mix of Hannah and Day. Me? Like, if Hannah, yeah, if Hannah and Day had a baby, it'd be you. <laughs> oh, that'd be really funny. Hold on, I'm thinking about that one. Um, <laughs> um, no, I do like Hannah. She, we Facetimed the other night, and she read my cards for me, and um, she, uh, she's great. Um, Hannah is the whitest person I know. I just want to say that out loud. <laughs> uh, and I like I've always from the time Hannah started. She was always just very, uh, like, I don't even know. I don't think there's a word for it, but she's one of those people that was like, uh, like, you know how sometimes people will commit to a thing and then they, they kind of want to do it. They want to do it in a way that they think is going to be pleasing to everyone else. But then you've got some people who are like, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do it the way that I, I want to do it. Like, she's very much that, like, because it's not stubbornness necessarily, but it, she was always very comfortable in who she was outside of comedy. So nothing in, inside comedy seemed to break her, and I always love that about her. Yeah, it is really refreshing. I feel like, and as you were describing that, I'm like, yeah, I feel like Hannah is, is what happens when two white parents really want a child and they decide to have one. And then they um, give it all of the love and attention it deserves. And then anytime that child has an opinion or a thing to say, they go, tell it. What? What is it? You know? <laughs> And then, like, yeah. they just grow up going, hey, like, I'm so, <laughs> it's, it's, no, it's what I love, and it's what I'm jealous about, because, um, like, people say I'm bubbly, but Hannah's pretty bubbly. Um, I was an accident child that people said, hey, the adults are talking, get out of here. Um, but, <laughs> different generations, but. Um, yeah, hey, this has been fun talking about Hannah, but can we talk about me some more? Yes, oh my gosh, I couldn't wait for that. That's why we can't call her. <laughs> Um, I do. You have an album coming out. Tell me about that. Why should I buy it? Where can I buy it? And what's it about? Or just tell me all the jokes. Um, oh, this is actually, this is actually a rap album. So, oh, uh, uh, no, I'm kidding. This is his comedy. I knew you were kidding. Cause then you're like, I'm goofing. Um, you can't rap my, uh, it's, I can't rap. I used to be a rapper. I posted a rap song I made earlier today, actually. Yeah, me um, too, Dante. Me but, too. 
No, I'm not kidding. I, I really, if you if you're friends with me on Facebook, message me and I'll send you guys a song. Uh, so my my comedy album is called The Squirrels Get Fat. It's uh, I did it with uh, Stand Up Records from Minneapolis, and uh, it's produced by Dan Schlissel. It, all the jokes were written by me and performed by me. It'll be out May 22nd, Ooh. and you can get it wherever uh, you buy albums. Now, there won't be physical copies. I decided against that just because, like, it seems like a headache. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to, like, I don't want to have to sign anything. <laughs> <laughs> or you have to carry it around and, like, take it with yeah. you. Yeah. So. Like, I. I yeah, it's all online. So you can probably buy it on iTunes, I would assume? iTunes, you can buy it on uh, Google Play, you can buy it on Amazon. Okay. Every, everywhere you buy music and entertainment now, the album is going to be available. So, is this your first album? Uh, you can, it is, yes. So what led you to say, hey, I am going to put out an album? doing an altercation festival in uh, Austin, Texas a few years ago, oh, yeah. and I met I met Dan there, and he just happened to say to me, you know, if you're ever interested in doing an album, I'd love to work with you. I like the material you're doing. You know, let's definitely work together if you want to. And before that, I had just been doing, like, I was kind of structureless. Like, I didn't have a real direction. And after he said that to me, I started looking into how to self-produce an album. And it all—it looked like a lot of steps that I could have done, but it was stuff that when I researched Dan, he was so good at it. And I was like, if this guy is this good at this stuff and he wants to work with me, like, why don't I focus on doing the stand-up part of it really good and he'll have everything else covered. And so I like kind of set a goal and I was like, if within a month I can come up with like 15 new minutes of material that I really like and I can focus in and do this, I'll reach back out to Dan and do the album. And then I did, like I went and I was hitting mics and I was committed and I got the material kind of where I wanted it. And it actually ended up being the kind of foundation for the material that made up the album. And then I toured it for about nine months. And then we recorded and edited and put it all together. And now we're ready to give it out to the world for 10 bucks. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Good for you. Oh, my gosh. I, I love hearing your process. And I feel like the people who listen to my podcast will like that also of like, hey, I didn't know what I was doing. Got a little structure, got a plan, set a goal, and then I did it. Well, yeah, like I, that's how I. That's kind of how I operate. I operate in that space of, uh, like, I don't. I'm not opposed to working really hard to get things. The what I don't want to do is like force stuff. Sure. And a lot of times in comedy, stuff feels forced. Like people move to New York and L.A to force the hand. They think yeah. that if they go there, some, that's how to make something happen. And for me, I was kind of like, I just want to stay back and read the room and let it come to me a little bit. And so when Dan reached out, 
I was like, okay, I kind of feel like this is it coming to me, but just because it's presented doesn't mean it's right for me. So let me do some research. And then from the research, you, you get to the point where you're like, okay, now I have to be real with myself. Can I do this? Like, I don't want to just put out an album just to put out an album. Can I make a really good album that will have my name on it that I can be proud of that, you know, my parents can be proud of and my siblings and my, you know, my loved ones are going to look at this and be like, oh, this is a good thing. I want to share it with other people. Or are they going to be like, this is someone that I love and they made this so support it. Like, I want people to really feel like good about sharing this thing with people. So I, that's kind of why I wanted to take the time to get everything where I wanted it to be so that I could make it as good as possible. Oh my gosh, that's so good. That is so good. And I mean, that's what other um, avenues and platforms are going to be using, you know, getting it on yeah. different different things. Like you want it to be of good quality, not just for the sake of having an album. Um, yep. Yeah, that is, you're, that's such a sound, like smart perspective and you you don't actually don't hear that too often of people being just so freaking let's be rational about this let's take our time you know um you know people oh i'm gonna move to la and like six months later they're back and it's like you wanted to make sure it sticks um what's the name of the album it's called the squirrels get fat (laughs) the squirrels get fat i would that'll be great So that extra 15, was that like that that was like you wanted to complete the time like to to have enough material or? No, the 15 was a thing where I was like, I think when he asked me, it was summer and I didn't like I kind of was like, how would I even go about doing this? And one of the things I uh, one of the things I was looking at was I want to take a year between whenever I agree and whenever I finally like do it. And so, uh, (laughs) like I thought, okay, if I give myself three months, I'm just going to waste time. Like that's not, I'm just going to waste that time. I'm not going to try hard. But if I tell myself 15 minutes in a month, then I prove to myself I can do it. And then if I need to then go ahead and like do 15 minutes, three more times, I've got the rest of that year to finish that time. So, so it's more like a, you made a smart goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I I crunched it initially to go, okay, if I can do 15 minutes in a month, then I can definitely do another 15 in three months and then use that cushion. And so, yeah, I once I recognized that if I buckle down and I'm trying and writing and performing as much as I can and putting forth the effort, I'm capable of doing it. I was like, all right, cool. We're, we're on now. Like, this is what, this is what I want. I needed to prove to myself. And now that I've done it, like, let's go. Oh my gosh. You know how sometimes they're like, you just, this is exactly what I needed to hear right now. <laughs> um, could you tell me like more like for my own benefit, I'm just trying to understand. Tell me a little bit about your process in terms of like, how do you get a joke written and launched? It sounds like you work it once you have it, you work, you know, you get it out there, but like, how do you, how does, does an idea come to you first? And like, do you write it down? Like, what do you do? Um, okay. I'm very much 
I try to write from a point of uh, something I'm actually connected to. So whatever it may be, I just want that thing to give me a feel. So if I'm like out and I see someone who, uh, like the other day, I, uh, I was in a store and I saw a guy walking down an aisle, but he was pushing the cart backwards. And I was like, oh, why is he doing that? And then I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing that's happening. My comedian brain needs to figure out why that resonates with me. Like, what's funny about that? What's going on here? And sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, that was just a stranger who was walking down the aisle, saw something that they thought they might want, walked past it, and then was like, oh, actually, let me just go back a few feet. Like, sometimes there's nothing to it. But sometimes you're like, wait a minute, is there, are there humans out there who, who have never known how to push a shopping cart? And then you go, oh, there's something here. Let me dig into this some more. And, you know, I, I look at it and I go, okay, let me text this idea to myself. And so that's what I do. I take my phone out. If I don't care where I am, if it strikes me in that moment, I just stop and then I take out my phone and I text myself like four or five words. So I have like a text right now yeah. that just says guy pushing shopping cart backwards. And then when I sit down to write, I go, okay, what was funny about that? Was there anything funny about it? And then if there, if there isn't, what was the, what was the point of connectivity? Like, why was I intrigued by that? And then from there, I go, okay, well, with the entry, what was funny about that? And then I start digging into, like, the meat of it and trying to figure out what's what. And then I take it to an open mic. <laughs> or if I'm, like, because I've been doing a lot of uh, hosting and featuring. So I'll, like, go on the road. And I, if I'm doing, you know, 30 minutes, I've got 10 solid minutes to open, 10 solid minutes to close. Like, why not throw that new bit into that middle 10 and see how it does and yeah. work it out from there? Because if I open strong, people are like, okay, like this dude's pretty funny. I, I trust that he knows what he's doing. And then if I kind of dip off a little bit, they're like, eh, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing, but then I've got the closing 10 to be like, oh, no, he was good. He just struggled there in the middle. <laughs> but... <laughs> But if it's actually good and I'm working out material that's actually going to be pretty solid, then that middle 10, I've got time to tell the joke and try a tag. And if that tag doesn't work, try a different tag and mm -hmm. like things like that, that I can't necessarily do at an open mic. Right. That, you know, now I'm, <laughs> now I've got this, you know, new five to seven minutes that's really good because I've been working it in front of, you know, sold out audiences and I've put all this work into it and what would have taken me, I don't know, probably 10 open mics to do took me one weekend on the road to get polished up and ready to go. Yeah. And now, now it's out there. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I, I feel like, uh, a couple years ago I was really nervous to like, try new material like I felt like I didn't want to you know lose that time and I was kind of stuck doing a lot of the same material but um if you want to grow you've got to do it and I kind of had to find my way to like feel comfortable started going to more open mics 
um, and just kind of just just trying it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I always feel like, oh no, I'll never be able to write another joke. And it's like, Mary, you've been writing jokes. Like it just, it just has. You just need to work on it, and it needs to come to you. And the more you work on it, the more it's gonna come to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So very helpful. Thank you so much for that. Um, we should have been at a really great comedy festival, what, last weekend or a couple, wait, no, it was the end of March. It all runs together. Bird City Comedy Festival here in Phoenix. Yeah, I'm, this is my first festival I was getting the headline and. Oh my gosh. And the Lord took it away. Maybe, Yeah. Because I had sex in high school. My parents told me it was going to come back to get me. And they were right. Well, I didn't have any sex in high school. And it got taken away from me, too. So it, it can't be that personal. No, I, it was me. I was out here. I was running <laughs> through. <laughs> high school was, was rough on your boy. I was making it happen. So it's probably... I, I had enough sex for everybody on the festival. Dang. For everybody on the I'm, festival. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It You're was, not it was kidding. You're not <laughs> kidding. I. <laughs> you peaked in high school. No, just kidding. Um, that's so funny. No, it was gonna be a good time. It was. I, I'm still holding out that it's gonna happen. Oh right. Yeah. She'll Genevieve will will if she can. You know, she'll postpone it and get another date. I think one thing I'm worried about right now, and I feel like it's gonna be the second wave of of the bad stuff of this is everything will get rescheduled to the same date in October or September and yeah. and then it'll be like, Oh, I can't do it, you know, like um but I was really I was gonna come out to Phoenix anyway because I thought, oh, that will probably be because I it looked like everyone was trending towards shutting everything down. And I was like, you know what? That'll probably be the last free weekend I have. So I've already bought the ticket. Why not just go and like, I don't even have to do show. I'm just going to hang out. And then like, it just picked up steam quickly, which it yes. should And it- I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm fine with not going. And now I'm like, <laughs> I, like because I'm on the road so much, I just wish that I could go somewhere. Yeah, it, there was that magical like week or two where it was like, "Cool, flights are cheap right now. Ooh, you should just mm-hmm. come out here and hang out." And then everything got like taken away. <laughs> I know the last like I would <laughs> I would hate to get stuck there. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably. Um. <laughs> um yeah, I think now that it's like the end of April, um, I don't know. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I last year around this time, like in May, I felt like I did like the most I have ever done in comedy. Like I did um, last May, I did three festivals and the weekend I was not at a festival. I had a club weekend. Um, so it was like 27 shows in 31 days or something. And it was just the most fun, like fast paced. I was still work a day job. I was just making it happen. And like, so my Facebook memories are going to be so depressing over the next month. <laughs> Don't look at them. Well, yeah. This is like, this is prime time for them. Like a lot of festivals, a lot of like good shows, a lot of like fun stuff in general is happening. Cause you know, it's, it's that time of year. So yeah, I, 
like yeah facebook memories are about to kick a lot of asses yeah spring and then the fall it seems like that's when the festivals are and then uh when it's not a comedy festival it's like a wing festival or a or a Coachella or whatever so it's fine we'll be fine we'll be fine um, <laughs> I keep telling myself that um do you have any anything interesting ever happened to you over a wing like where a wing was present or where have you had the most memorable wings um okay I want to talk about getting wings at uh at 10 the 10,000 laughs comedy festival last year in Minneapolis uh-huh uh so I don't know if you have you ever uh, met the comic Dedrick Flynn from Atlanta? I have not met that comic. Okay. He's he's all about wings. He loves wings. Okay, I gotta get him not on my boneless. podcast. He doesn't. Yeah, don't do boneless. He's Good. gotta. He's he's the real deal. Sure. Uh, we <laughs> so me him and a large contingency of the black comics that were on the festival all kind of just met up at the bar slash restaurant that was hosting a lot of the shows. And we just ate wings one random Saturday together. And we just, we just all kind of bonded right there in that moment. And it was one of those things where it was like, it went from like, Hey, how you doing? Introductions to, Oh, you guys are pretty dope to us roasting the ever-loving shit out of each other Boom. so fast. And I mean, like, we were... It was like watching, uh, like, nigga Avengers. Because <laughs> we just, like, we all came together, and then, like, a few of the white comics showed up, and they were trying to get in on it a little bit, and we just turned into, like, a group on them. And we were like, yo, yo, you're not built for this. Back away. <laughs> and we just, like... We throw like three or four shots, and then they'd be like, "Okay, you're right. I don't want any parts of that." And then we'd go back to talking shit and eating wings, and it was it was incredible. Are you, do you still keep in contact with all those comics today? Oh, absolutely. We're we're yeah, we we absolutely do. So that you know, right there. I mean, it's perfect. It just shows you the power one of comedy and two of wings bringing people together. But it also shows like relationship progression you know like like hey how are you doing that's first base you know you guys are nice you're gonna eat together and then it goes into like haha we're laughing now we know a little bit about each other we're second base but now when you're roasting somebody that's family at that point you know you're only gonna do that when you really trust somebody and and you've bonded and like what a cool way to bond so quickly too it was it was beautiful (laughs) i just also, the the wings were really good. It was at a uh, corner bar in Minneapolis. Ooh, cool! Yeah, it's actually where the corner uh, comedy corner underground is. The, yeah. The basement is the club, but yeah, they have amazing wings. So Minneapolis, St. Paul, I think it was Minneapolis, uh, was the last club show I did right before we went into lockdown. Um, nice. Yeah, House of, House of Comedy there in Bloomington, and then uh, the mall. Hey man, it was a, fun. It I uh, I did a weekend there, and uh, I think the week before, some random guy had thrown a kid off the top. I heard uh, about that. They told me about that. So like, yeah, I was there the week after that, and I um, <laughs> like I wasn't. I'm I'm bad at being a person sometimes. So I went in and the uh the aquarium 
down at, in the basement was closed. And I went by and I was like, hey, how long is the aquarium going to be closed? And one of the guys was like, uh, have you not heard? Like someone threw a kid off the fifth floor. And I was like, what does that have to do with the aquarium? <laughs> he was like, we fed him to the sharks. So, so like, I, I was like, oh, I didn't realize I was being inappropriate. And then a manager came over and was like, well, actually, we're cleaning out a bunch of stuff. It doesn't have anything to do with that. So you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, um, the, the kid lived, I, I heard. Yeah. Uh, and at the House of Comedy is like on the fourth or fifth floor, way at the top. Yeah. And it is a creepy feeling when you're up there because you look over going, you know, it's there. I could. I, I could. Yeah. You, you know, it's, you, it's like, a weird, it's like standing at the Grand Canyon. You're like, man, what's stopping me? Yeah. Like, I don't even have to throw a kid. I can throw me. <laughs> I'm a big kid. Um, not to get all morbid, but I read, and I don't remember the name of it. There's a name for that. It's called like, it's a French word and it means something like the darkness pulling, like the pull of darkness. And it's that. I think the the word is a baguette. No, shut up. (laughs) Croissant. Um, anyway, (laughs) um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, that was my last show. When I was there, the thing they were talking about the most was the fact that it was going to be 65 degrees. Everyone was like, it's going to be 65 degrees this weekend. I'm like, bitch, I'd turn on my heat if it was 65 degrees. That's true. <laughs> no, and the, and then I, I, was, I got to record with Courtney Baca, who is a good friend I met at another festival, and I made sure that we met up when I was in Minneapolis. We actually had a burger on this podcast. We didn't even have wings at bullhorns but um you can hear that episode it's out and um she was like don't make fun of 65 degrees like that's a big deal here you'll get you'll get thrown out (laughs) Uh, yeah courtney's really nice i'm shocked she thought she was too good to eat wings no (laughs) no um we went to bullshorn and it was saturday and they still had like a brunch menu and the wings weren't on the menu uh, so we had like their famous burger and it was so good. And you know, like I'm okay with that. Like we, I just want to eat. Same. Did you get a juicy Lucy while you were there? No, we had the bullhorn burger. Darn. I've heard of a juicy Lucy. They're really good. I haven't I had go, one I yet. I go to Minneapolis like once every three months. I go to, I work there all the time and I love it. Yeah, I did like it a lot, too. I The House of Comedy is one of my favorites. The staff is so nice. Steve was so cool to me, and I worked with Charles Allen and Pierre, um, and, and everybody just treated me so well, so I was happy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Thanks. I just wanted to brag a little bit because, you know, this is about you, but I just need you to know that I... Uh, I do comedy wow. too. Yeah, we out here. You're I'm just kidding. Um, how many wings could you eat? Ooh. Um. Okay, if I like have time to prepare, I could eat thirty wings. Wow, nice. Do you? Clean- I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be miserable after, and they're gonna be half eaten. Some of them, but. Well, that's my next question. Do you clean your wing? Sometimes. Why is the sometimes? When do you not do it or when do you do it? Like if I uh if I'm in the mood for wings, then yeah, I'm gonna clean them. But if I'm just like having wings, because 
I'm out somewhere and someone's like, hey, you guys want to have some wings? Then I'm going to I'm going to take it easy. I feel like that's another thing that somebody like that guy who said, hey, what are you doing eating it like that? That's another thing somebody will call you out on. Like, you didn't clean that wing. And it's like, I paid for this food. I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's what I've learned is like, hey, I can do. I'm very guilty of not cleaning the wing. I do. I do the best I can. But like, I don't get to. And I don't like the weird like tendons and shit. Um. Do you prefer the drummy or the flat? Okay. Um, I like them both equally, and I'm not, I'm not like, trying to ride the fence here. Uh, sometimes I get in a good mood, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I want some drumettes. Like, I just, I'm going to drum it up. That's, I, I'm, this is, I'm the little drummer boy right now. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then other times I'm like, you know what? I saw this video of one of the guys from Food Network where he'd like take the the flat and he'd put it in his mouth and pull it out and it'd be like just bones. And I'm like, man, I would love to try to do that 13 times and only get it right once. You know, I have you ever tried that? Yes. You, did you did you said you got it right once? You did it thirteen times. I, I'm saying that's about how often I get it right. Oh, okay. Rarely. You know, it just dawned on me I should try to do that. Being uh, that I have a wing podcast, I should really try. Um, there's the broken bone method. Sometimes people will do that with the flat and then take yeah. the whole thing off. Um, I. I've had the someone speaking of French like a confit style, which is where they have you seen that they like the way they cut it and then it releases the tendon and it's a lollipop and you can just go and it's yep. the meat. Um, yep. we've had those kind of wings. I like I like convenience with my food sometimes and wings Man. you gotta work. Yeah, convenience is my thing. That like I consider boneless wings wings. Like I, I'm fine with it. Because they're convenient. I know. And it's my dirty little secret. Like, I will shame people if they're like, I need bo- I need boneless. But the truth is, sometimes I don't want to work for it. And I just want, like, a bunch of sauce on a chicken nugget. You know, I cannot be honest with you. Like, Please I, do. I, because you don't know me that well, I sure. decided not to do this. I almost took the, uh, like, I don't want to say a number. I almost took the budget you gave me. And spent it at Burger King buying nuggets. And I was going to uh, ruin this podcast. (laughs) You're going to. Here's the thing, Dante. I want people to be happy. And if you wanted to get four Whoppers and 20 nuggets, like you do that. No, 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 no. The number of nuggets was going to be in the hundreds. (laughs) Ah! <laughs> Maybe we should do that part two. <laughs> yeah, I'm because you, you can get ten nuggets for like one fifty at Burger King. <laughs> so I could have easily crept into like the hundreds of nuggets area. <laughs> oh my god, we'll do that one in person next time we're at a festival together or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like this idea. You know, I've said this before, but I called everything a chicken McNugget because we're a McDonald's family and everything was a McNugget. Yeah. 
they don't like that at Burger King as much. And when you're like, can I get six piece McNuggets? They're like, you mean chicken nuggets? They, yeah, they they can shut up because they know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they can shut up. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's been so great talking to you and the time has really flown by. But I want to capture before we wrap up, what... <laughs> What do you want for the future? What's your goal in the next, let's say, one year? Let's say pandemic is over tomorrow. Um, what do you want in the next one, two years? Okay. I uh, I want to transition into, uh, into a space where I am touring a new 45 minutes that's really good. And the album is out and doing well. That's all I want. I just want for my album to be doing well and me to be out telling 45 minutes of new jokes that aren't on the album. And you shall have it. I'll take it. That's my magic wand. I'm like, and so it shall be. Um, It is magical. Everything we say on this podcast, you know, comes true. So um, that's good. You got to put it out there. But you know all about goal setting and, and putting what you want out there because it's been coming true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Dante, this has been fantastic. Thank you so I much. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun getting to know you too. So now, like, we know each other instead of just yeah. like Facebook friends. Yeah. Yeah. Now, those inbox messages I sent about my muscles don't seem so weird. <laughs> yeah, they're now, now, now it makes sense. Um, where can people find you? What would you like people to know as we as we close out here? Um, people can follow me on the gram. I am Moose Rattler, M-O-O-S-E-R-A-T-T-L-E-R. Um, that's an old trucker CB handle nickname because I used to be a trucker. Um, and then they can follow me on Twitter at Dante Powell. That's D-A-N-T-E-P-O-W-E-L-L. And you can just add me on Facebook. I think I'm close to 5,000 friends. But if you tell me you heard me on this podcast, I will go and delete someone to make room for you. Okay, just don't delete me. Oh, yeah, except Mary. I got to keep her. <laughs> just kidding. And, yeah, the album is available for pre-sale on Amazon and Google Play right now. Um, it should be on iTunes here soon. I've been checking every day, but they're a little late to the party. The squirrels get fat. The squirrels get fat. That is correct. Yeah, get out there and pre-order that album today. Dante Powell, thank you so much. Thank you, Mary Upchurch. I really appreciate this very much. (laughs) You're welcome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to this quarantine episode. We're so glad you made it. Please come back and see us next time. Be safe. Wash your hands. Have some wings. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.